Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Mark Schofield, national NFL writer for SB Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Mark, the last time we talked to you, this team was dead in the rights, my man. Well, now, my friend, always great to be with you. And you're right. Like you, we were talking last night. You know, a lot has changed since the last time we talked. And like you said, you know, this Washington Commanders franchise, it seemed like they were sort of stuck in the mud, not going anywhere. But circumstances have certainly changed now, you know, with a chance to perhaps over the next couple of weeks lock down a spot in the playoffs, which, you know, a month or so ago was kind of a, yeah. seemed like an impossible dream. Now it seems like it could be a reality. Yeah, man, I want to stick uh, with the local team here before we take a spin around the National Football League. Mark, you watch a lot of football and a lot of film Based off of what you've seen from Washington during this eight-game stretch, the 6-1-1, one, and one, uh, what would you attribute uh, to the recent success here? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that you can point out. You can point out some of the issues on the defensive side of the ball that we've talked about over this, the course of the season, miscommunication issues, breakdowns in coverage. Those have largely been sorted out. You look at some of the wins that they've had, and they've been able to you know, figure out things on the back end, figure out coverage switches, figure out responsibilities and man coverage situations that haven't, you know, created opportunities for opposing offenses. You look at, you know, that win against Philadelphia, finding a way to get it done, finding a way to, against an Eagles defense, particularly in the run game, that was struggling to get off the field, they found a way to extend drives. It's not like Washington sort of ran all over them in that game, but they extended drives. They wore down that defense. They found a way to win in that game. You know, and I think they've sorted things out of the both side, on both sides of the football. They found a winning recipe, you know, with what they have with Taylor Heineke, you know, with what they have in that defense, particularly up front, to get things sorted out. I also think, you know, it's, it's fair to point out, particularly the last five games, that, you know, the win against Philadelphia was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but you play a Houston team that's obviously not going anywhere. You right. play an Atlanta team that's sort of struggling – and then you have a game against New York, and that ends in a tie. You know, schedule is a factor, but you can, you only play who you're on, who's yeah. on your schedule. You know, I mean, the schedule is what it is. So let me ask you this: every game in the NFL is tough. So the fact that they've had this run of success is certainly impressive. So let me ask you this, Mark, and I'll, I'll kind of jump ahead here a little bit. Four games left to go. Are you buying Washington as a playoff team for 2020? Yeah, I'm buying them as a playoff team for now, and part of it is. You know, you look at the way this schedule sets up. You know, three of the final four are at home. 
You know, that game against San Francisco certainly looks like it's going to be a tough game, but you're probably going to have a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, to go up against. And so I think that certainly helps you. But the other three games are at home. You know, you're going to get Cleveland in Week 17, which, let's be honest, they can get eliminated this weekend, yeah. depending on how things go. So you might be getting, you know, Deshaun Watson in that game. You might not. It might be a Jacoby Brissett game. So I think that's something to consider. You get Dallas in Week 18. Dallas might have their playoff slot solidified by then. You might get Cooper Rush in that game. And so I, I think the schedule sets up extremely favorably for them. Then you look at, you know, some of the teams that they're going up against there, they face tougher schedules down the stretch. And I also think the late buy is going to help some teams yeah. that are looking to get into the postseason. I mean, I was on a show in the Green Bay area earlier today, and, you know, the Packers have, you know, they have an extremely narrow path to get in. But they're coming off that same late buy, and you're going to get guys not close to 100%. Nobody's 100% right now, but you might get some guys that are banged up, rested up a little bit. You know, and I, I think that's certainly going to help Washington yeah. as well. And so I think the late buy, the favorable schedule, and the way that they found this winning recipe over the past couple of weeks sets up favorably for them to get in. So I'm buying them as a playoff team. Marcus, this will be my last Commanders-related question. Do you think the style of play – that they're playing right now, this three yards in a cloud of dust brand of football. Do you think it's sustainable come January? I, I do. And I think part of it is the larger discussion that we as sort of the football media world have been having this year, right? The fact that the scoring is down across the league, the fact that, you know, with all the advent of the two high coverage looks that we're seeing defenses play to really force you to either be patient in the passing game or to just lean into running the football, the pendulum has swung back a little bit. I don't think that we're going to be any, you know, next year or the year after that in a run heavy, suddenly it looks like 1990s Pop Warner football world, but we're shifting back to an NFL where you can win the quote unquote rock fights, right? right. 17, 14 games, you can win those. And so, like you said, this, this brand of football they're playing right now, like three yards and a cloud of dust or a, a cloud of, turf pebbles or whatever we want to <laughs> adjust that phrase to be right now, they, you can win games in the NFL that way. And Washington has shown that you can win games that way. And sometimes, you know, when you get down to it in playoff football, you know, whether it's weather, whether it's just closer games, you know, whatever the circumstances are, sometimes you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to have that long drive. Like we talked about in that Eagles game where yeah. it wasn't like they were ripping off 10, 12, 15 yard runs. It was three yards in that cloud of dust. Get it at the third and three. Then the entire playbook is open to you, and you can run it again if you want. You can throw screens. You can do bubbles. You can do whatever you want. The entire playbook is open to you. Ask any offensive coordinator. He or she, he or she will tell you, I'd rather third and three than third right. and nine. Exactly, exactly. Let's look at the rest of the NFC playoff field, Mark. Uh, Washington currently sits at the sixth seed, but behind them, close on their trails, is the Giants. At seven five and one, the Seahawks technically on the outside looking in at seven and six. I want to ask you specifically though about the six and seven Detroit Lions, Mark, because they, outside of the 49ers right now in the NFC, the the Lions are everyone's flavor of the week. Uh, Dan Campbell's got that group playing inspired football. They're confident. Uh, you saw the return to Jamison Williams this past weekend. Do you think the Lions can end up sneaking in and, and, and securing that seventh to final playoff spot? I certainly think they can. 
Whether they do is a much tougher question, you know, in terms of schedules and how they set up three of their final four are on the road, you know, and when you look at who they play, I think they have some unfavorable matchups the next two weeks, this week specifically, the New York Jets. And, you know, say what you want about where they are offensively and the quarterback dilemma that Robert Sala is working through. The Jets might be built to beat teams like Detroit. They can get pressure with four. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Their pressure percentage with just four, top five in the league. That That's in this world we're living in. That's special. That's where you need to be. Jared Goff, last week against Minnesota, Minnesota could not get pressure on him whatsoever, and Goff played extremely well. But we've seen from Goff this year and years past, when you get pressure in his face, even if you don't get home, it's productive. So I think the yeah. Jets are built to beat them. Carolina, you know, a similar situation to the Jets, struggling on offense, but they can get that pressure with four. So I think it's incredible that Detroit is in the mix. I think they deserve a ton of credit. Dan Campbell deserves a ton of credit. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, has done a fantastic job with Jared Goff. But I think we're going to see over the next two weeks that there are some limitations to what they can do offensively. That defense has given up a ton of points. Yeah. Um, I don't know if over the next couple of weeks the offense will score the way they have been. So I think while they can get in, I think we're going to see over the next two weeks Detroit might fade a little bit. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is national NFL writer for SB Nation, Mr. Mark Schofield. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Uh, kind of a random question here, Mark, because this team, I, I think their playoff chances are pretty much done. The Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, he played his first game in over 700 days two weeks ago against the Houston Texans. It was ugly, uh, to say the least. And then they struggled offensively against the Cincinnati Bengals. When you look at Deshaun Watson and his fit in this Kevin Stefanski offense, it feels like it's kind of like I call it the Dak Prescott syndrome, right? Down in Dallas, when Dak Prescott – uh, would, would be hurt, you would see them lean on their running game even more. And it's like, damn, that's how they should play when Dak is healthy. It's kind of the opposite with Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns have been running the you-know-what out of the football, and then all of a sudden Deshaun Watson comes back and you see the carries start to drop down a little bit. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think, you know, they're going through a feeling out phase with yeah. what Kevin Stefanski wants to do offensively. We know sort of under center play action, boot action, you know, what we associate with that sort of Shanahan-McVay tree. That's the school of thought he comes from. But when Watson's sort of at his best, it's more shotgun, spread, pistol, you know, spread you out, spread the ball out, get it out quickly. One of the things that Watson does as a quarterback that he's very effective at is using his eyes to move underneath defenders. And he does it well, you know, whether it's against zone coverages, RPO concepts, things like that. And I really think for Cleveland – this final stretch of the season with Watson back in the lineup, you know, like you said, their playoff chances are extremely slim. They could be eliminated this weekend, even if they win, depending on how some other games go out. It's really about positioning that offense and figuring out what they can be for next year. You know, trying to find it. It's, it's a different, it's not an apples-to-apples apples situation. It's very much apples-to-oranges. But when you remember Peyton Manning joining the Denver Broncos, right. and they was trying to find that mesh between a quarterback that wanted to be in shotgun, 
and an offensive coordinator philosophy that wanted the quarterback under center, they sort of decided, look, we'll run some pistol stuff. It's a blend of the two. And they figured out how that could work. I think Cleveland is going to go through a similar process with where Stefanski wants his offense to operate and where Watson is at his best. And so you might see next year a blend of that, similar to that Broncos discussion where you see a lot more pistol, you know, a lot more of those kinds of formations to blend the two philosophies. Yeah, Mark, let's continue to take a spin around the AFC. Let's take a trip to the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills have a huge clash on Saturday night on NFL Network. The Bills offense has kind of bogged down here a little bit in the last six weeks. Miami as well, particularly in the past two weeks. Uh, we'll start with Buffalo. What have you seen from them, and how do we get Josh Allen to stop turning the stinking football over? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing at times Josh Allen – of Wyoming. I mean, you're yeah. seeing a quarterback that feels like he's got to press a little bit. He's got to create a little bit. Now, look, I don't know too many people look up the Josh Allen draft observation and evaluation right. You know, he proved a lot of us wrong, myself right. included. You know, but when I was studying him at Wyoming, there would always be this, okay, his plan B is to just run around Willow to his right and, and make a crazy throw. And sometimes that works at college, but it's not going to work on Sundays in the NFL. You've seen a reversion to that as that offense has, you know, like you said, been stuck in the mud a little bit. You know, he's got some red zone turnovers. The one against Minnesota at the end of the game certainly comes to mind where he throws that skinny post against quarters and, you know, Peterson sort of undercuts it for the game and an interception. He's forced things over the past couple of weeks you know, high interception rate, high interception in the red zone rate. You know, Bills fans are a bit worried about where that offense and that passing game is. But at the same time, when he needs it, you know, yes, he had the interception late against Minnesota, but then you see the throw he made against Detroit right. on Thanksgiving Day. You know, he's got that club in the bag still. You know, I, I think they're going to be okay because you still have that, you know, it, it's like a home run hitter in baseball. Yeah, he might strike out a bunch. But with one swing of the bat, you know, he or she, they can change the course of the game. And I think Allen and Diggs, they have that ability where you might keep them in check for 56, 57 minutes. But then, like we saw against Detroit, they can make that one big play when they need it. Yeah, the clock strikes zero a lot of the times, unfortunately, for a lot of opposing defenses. When you look at a team like uh, Buffalo uh, and Miami in the same division, it feels like they don't have the ability – to turn that other switch on, so to speak, right? Like, this weekend's going to be a perfect test for Miami. It's cold. There's snow expected in the forecast. We know they can throw it all over the yard with Tua Tungavailoa, but can they muscle up and run the football? I know that's something that's frustrated Mike McDaniel because you know it. He comes from that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. That's one thing that they do for certain is run the football. They've struggled to do that. Buffalo has struggled to do that as well. And we know Sean McDermott this offseason tried to make a concerted effort to unlock that portion of their offense. When you compare those two teams to a team like Cincinnati, who I've been uber impressed with, Mark, they've shown the ability to muscle up and play that hard-nosed brand of football when they need it. Do you think uh, Miami and Buffalo's inability to, I guess the word I'm using is, is transition their offense into that physical style, do you think it ends up hurting them come postseason time? I think it certainly could, Liddell. And, you know, one of the things that, I tend to look for in teams when we start getting into December and thinking about January football, how many different ways can they beat you, right? Right. You know, because if you go up against Buffalo, you go up against Miami, you know, and you think, hey, we can take away the run, force them to fight, 
you know, with one arm behind their back. And suddenly, like, we will probably see Saturday night, you're talking about a game with lake effect snow when throwing the ball is a little bit tougher. If you could stop the run and limit what they could do in the passing game, you know, you're going to be in a better position as a defense. Now think about facing Cincinnati because if you think back to October, they start two and three. They couldn't run the ball effectively or efficiently. They had a, you know, they telegraphed everything. If if Burrow's under center, they're running. If he's in the shotgun, they're throwing. They figured out, you know, a shotgun running game that has worked. They found a way to, like you said, sort of muscle up and run the football. You go into playing Cincinnati, it's it's what do you take away? Right. You might say, look, we, we we've got to we, we've got to take away the run. Okay, you bring that safety down to the box. That's where they want to be. That's where they want you to be because they can throw those back shoulders to Chase and to Higgins. You might say, look, we're going to take those away. We're going to play more quarters. We're going to play too high. All right, they've figured out a run game that's working. They've got multiple ways to beat you. Whereas sort of Buffalo, it's we got to throw it because we can't figure out a run game. Or like you saw last week, the Dolphins against the Chargers. The Chargers did a very good job at stopping that Dolphins run game. And then they played sort of aggressive press man on the outside. And with the big open voids that Tua had to throw into earlier in the season, they weren't quite there. And so, you know, Cincinnati has figured out multiple pathways to beat you offensively. Buffalo and Miami are struggling to do that right now. Real quick, Mark, before I let you go, I'll put you on the hot seat, man. Week 15, got three, four weeks left to go in the regular season. If I had to put you on the spot and, and give you some truth serum, Mark, who do you have representing the NFC in the Super Bowl and who do you have representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? I mean, the NFC, I think it's Philadelphia. Yeah. And it's, it's that conversation we just had. Look at what they did a couple of weeks ago, right? They go up against Green Bay, a team that couldn't stop the run, and they just ran it all over. You know, they leaned into the run game, they leaned into the quarterback run game. Had a fantastic game on the ground. Then the following week, they go up against the Tennessee Titans defense, which they can stop the run. So what do they do? They throw it. And they have a great game throwing the football. They are that complete team right now. And they're getting Jonah Davis back. They figured out that run defense. I just think they're a complete football team. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles are your NFC representatives. The AFC is a bit tougher to predict. I like a lot of what we just discussed about with the Cincinnati Bengals and how they're a complete football team. But they don't have 15. Burrow is fantastic. <laughs> He's great. And I know, look, for whatever reason, the, the Bengals look, seem to be that kryptonite for the I'm Kansas City you. Chiefs. So they're trying to duck Cincinnati. I'm sure they are. But Mahomes is just special. And it's hard to bet against him. It's like back in the day, you know, with the Patriots. It's like, yeah, you know, they right. don't have receivers. They don't have this. They don't have that. But they got 12. <laughs> the Chiefs have 15. Definitely, man. Look, I want one more nugget on the Bengals thing, man. It feels like all of those games have gone the exact same way, right? Uh, Kansas yeah. City jumps out to this lead, and then Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals turn into the cardiac kids, man. I'm on the record saying I think it'll be Philly Cincy, but I can damn sure see Patrick Mahomes ending up there. I don't know, Mark. I'm not trusting Josh Allen. I'll say that, man. I'm I'm out on the Bills publicly. Yeah, I mean, it almost you almost get the sense to know that there was such a build-up to that regular season game against Kansas City to get that 13 seconds moment off their backs that they almost peaked early, right? Right, like, right. You, you talk about football, it's a launch season, it's a marathon, you want to peak at the right time, you're playing your best football. It seems like their best football was in October. And now yeah. we are in December, we're struggling how to, to see them making a run. Now, maybe they turn around. Allen is certainly talented, but I think Kansas City and Cincinnati feel like the tougher teams right now out of the AFC. That'll be an interesting finish to the season for all three of those teams, Mark. It'll be good to talk to you down the line, my man. Looking forward to it already, my buddy. Have a great afternoon. We'll talk soon. You too, my man. Appreciate you, Mark. That is Mark Schofield. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.